Uh, right. We had so many connections just in telling the story that we've had the same thoughts and processes of dealing with ideas that Tolkien had or that we had of the interpretations of the story that is insane. Because you're like laughing at stuff that I'm like, I thought I was the only one that thought that was funny. <laughs> Uh, first thing I'm going to say is, uh, how's, how's fitness going? Well, with me? Sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> I got to work, <laughs> work on that. I'm, All right. I'm typically very fit, except I got a, a little dad bod, but I'm, nice. well, I work on that. I got to eat a little more healthier. Um, I'm going to get into that. I was literally thinking about doing that, like, literally starting tomorrow, but I'm so terrible at, like, starting things by myself. Yeah. I usually need a partner to encourage me. So, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm on top of it. I'm on top of it. Nice. Carlos, how's fitness going for you, man? Uh, I'm a little behind on my million meter pace for the rowing. Are you? Uh, yeah. Uh, so Carlos is trying to hit a, a million meters on a rower for the year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Best of luck, Carlos. Thank you. It's, it's, it's going <laughs> okay. Imagine. It's going okay. I'm almost at the 100,000 meter mark. So <laughs> it's uh, crazy. Yeah, but I need to, I need to do some like. I essentially need to do what we did for the Lord of the Rings and just do a row marathon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. We, we watched the, we watched all three of the hobbits and did a rowing marathon throughout. And then two weekends after that, we watched all, you know, the trilogy of the Lord of the Rings and yeah. did a rowing marathon through that as well. So oh, it wow. was fun. It was, it was great, but it was painful. It was, it was, it was painful. <laughs> I can imagine. I can, I can only imagine because I would never in my life. I'm like, that's too much. <laughs> well, well, we did it. So when we did the rowing thing, we were like, well, anytime they're traveling, right? When we were watching The Hobbit and they're not traveling a whole lot in The Hobbit. If you actually like if you're watching the movies, it's like they're, there are scenes where they're traveling for an extended period of time. But in The Lord of the Rings, all they're doing is traveling. And so we're like, we're going to be rowing for like 13 hours straight. I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Uh, so we ended up just, we ended up changing it for the Lord of the Rings. So anytime that the, that the ring was traveling, right. So when we see gotcha. Frodo, Frodo with the ring traveling, then we would row. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was, it, it was fun. good times. We, we do gross things to pretend to stay healthy. <laughs> Chris, Chris makes, Chris makes gross workouts. So I do. I do. Whatever That's, works. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, um, How's cool. Yes. Mine, um, I am, I'm staying relatively consistent, getting kind of three to four days. I did a 30, 30 minute, um, every minute on the minute, one heavy snatch the other day. And my legs and back are feeling it still <laughs> like three days later, <laughs> but it was fun. Um, that was one of the fun workouts that I've been doing, but know, other than that, to, you're supposed just, to send me some Olympic lifts to start doing. I know I need to, um, I've got, I've got those things that I'm writing up. Um, I'm going to write them up a little bit more this, uh, probably today, get okay. finished up with some programming. And then I, I didn't, I didn't post the Legolas workout last week. So I'll, I'll post it this week. Okay. That's cool. another thing I've been, I've been, um, I don't know if you've seen, but I've been posting like what we call hero workouts, but they're for Tolkien characters. So oh, wow. no, yeah, let me see those. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've got like Aule, we've got Turin. Uh, I'm posting a Legolas one. The Turin one's awful. It's just, Turin I mean, but it has really to bad. be right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's gotta be horrible. 
Oh my goodness. The, Sa- the Sauron one is pretty bad. The, the one Sauron came, one's yeah. bad too. We just did a three-part Sauron like character. I gotta check. I gotta check those out. Yeah. We I don't have you posted those? Yet? I haven't posted those ones yet. No, well, those will go up soon though. Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, I mean, we are um we're back into a history episode, right? We are into you know, we've we've finished up all of the aftermath of the dagger bragaloch, right? Yep. Yeah. And you know, we're talking about um moving into what's been happening um you know in in uh with with bear here with bear and his son and kind of a little bit more we we jump into you know finrod and you know what's happening there yeah um we know that because of what happened during uh dagger bragalock and um you know some of the events that happened throughout there bear here and finrod were joined basically right finrod swore an oath to always be faithful to bear here and his family and gave him, you know, what we see as, you know, later on, especially anybody who's seen the movies, we know this as a pretty sacred artifact, the ring of bear here. Right. Yes, and this is. was, this was first the ring of, of Finrod. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and it's one of the first times that we really see this union of elf and man. Um, kind of solidified in more than just talking right we've had a lot of like oh i swear an oath to you and all of these things um but this is the first time that we've seen like here's a token uh, a token not tolkien (laughs) here's a token yeah right here's a token to show that we are joined you know and we even get that with um we we get that a little bit back when and we talked about this in a history episode a little while ago where Finrod is talking to Galadriel and yeah. she, she basically just flat out asks him like, Hey, how come you're not married? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's absolutely. Like, yeah. He's like, I have a feeling that I am going to swear an oath later in my life that will make that difficult. Yeah. He, he's he, the first, when that happens, it's the first time he, he uses his foresight. So mm-hmm. typically in Finarfin's line, that line has foresight. That's why Galadriel can can see into the future and things like that. And it, this was the first time that happened to to Finrod. Right. So he's like, oh wow. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna swear and definitely swear an oath, and I'm gonna have to keep to it. And literally, I tell people this all the time. Finrod is the best of the elves as far as like if you a good person, it's Finrod. Mm-hmm. He's beloved. Literally, they call him Finrod the Beloved. Finrod Felagon. He got a name from literally their mortal enemies, not enemies, but you know, they're, they're, they're strife between the elves and the dwarves. Always. They were made like that. They loved him. Men loved him. He first found men. He gave them, they, they, they literally, he gives them sanctuary wherever they go. You know, he's the one that was allowed the men of Brethel to live there, you mm-hmm. know, so he's loved by all the races. He's loved by all the elves. He can go anywhere, whereas other elves can't go to, to here, can't go to there. And even though because of his kinship with Thingol is the reason he can go there, he can do things with Thingol that others can't do. Right. So, you know, he can say, hey, man, just just let them live in Brethel. It's, come on, come on. <laughs> let, let, them live right. in, let them live in Brethel. And, it, and it's granted to him. Even when, when Thingol was mad about it, he's like, all right, it's you. So yeah. for him to be the one to give that that oath to Barahir is very telling. 
And it's he's literally the perfect elf to do that and to hold to it. And then we start from there, having that as the first example going forward in the history. And that example is so strong, that ring survives all the way throughout the first age, all the way to the third age. So it is speaking without speaking, if you would like to say that. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, oh, I just lost my headphones. Hold on a second. Sorry. <laughs> there we go. I'm back. Um, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's the crazy thing. Like you said, I, I love the way that you put that is, is Finrod of all characters in the legendarium is the one who can walk in all worlds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He is more than anybody else. He is respected by everyone. Everyone. Um, and and he has and and he has the ear of everyone, right? Like there yeah. are, like you said, like there are a lot of elves that like Thingol will not have dealings with, right? And, and part of that is because of you know, we've talked about this, the you know, this the slaying of Alqualande and all of that stuff, right? And that, yeah. that he's learned about, but you know, Finrod can, I mean, he's beloved by men. He's beloved by dwarves. Like that's crazy, right? Like that, I mean, like that's like, that's crazy. We don't, we don't see, we don't see that type of like relationship between dwarf and elf again, really until um, Legolas and Gimli. Celebrimbor. Celebrimbor. But I feel like theirs was a little bit more of a business arrangement, honestly. (laughs) You think, you know what I mean? Like they just both really enjoyed making things. I don't know that he was like beloved, like, like wow. Finrod was. Yeah. You I know? think Finrod was like so respected in a sense. Cause we, we, we could say, we could say that Eol, the dark elf had the probably before Celebrimbor had the best relationship with the elves. Clearly they, they even taught him their craft. Right. But this is out of respect for them having something in common where Finrod doesn't necessarily have that in common with them, but they're like, geez, this guy's great. Yeah. But yeah. We started digging these caves. I'm not even going to be mad at you. I'll help you. <laughs> <through these caves." laughs> right. You can see the juxtaposition because mean d- doesn't feel that way. He's like, all oh, those, those, they stole our caves. Right. So the doors of Belagos, Nagrod, sorry. Nagrod, yeah, that's a... Nagrod. They were like, man, yeah, we'll help you do this. And we'll even name you Hewer of Caves, even though we're the ones... We're, we're the really ones hewing the caves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we started this, but we're not even going to trip about it. You know, I, you, you have our respect. Here, we'll make the second greatest artifact in the first age, the Nauglamir. Here, this is yeah. for you. Right. It's, yeah. And it's, and it's amazing, right? Because... Like he has this relationship and, and I, something that you said earlier, it was in our Q and a, so it'll be a different episode for those who are listening. But like um, something that you said earlier that I really liked was this idea that like Tolkien was very dense and very deep. Right. But like, there is so much that wasn't told that we get to, and you, you said this about the dwarves, right? Yeah. He didn't write a whole lot about specifically what the dwarves do, but the point is, is that we have thousands of years and a few examples that we know how to fill in the blanks. Yeah. Right. And, and like, that's, that's kind of our job because um, Carlos and I have talked about this before. Tolkien understood that he did not have to write everything down for us. 
right? Yeah. He didn't have to say when 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 he writes that. Um, I mean, this is going a little bit later into this history, but when he writes that um, Finrod breaks his chains and then with his bare hands and teeth kills a werewolf, like that's what he says, right? And then our minds get to be like, "Holy shit!" Like that was violent. You know what I mean? Like, like that is that is a violent moment in this thing. But he doesn't have to present that. We simply know from those few words and the situation that he's given us what it is. How extremely, and it's, how extremely violent, right? That, yeah. And so without it's going same, into the detail of like he did this and this and this, right? He's with his hands and teeth. That's all he yeah, had to say. His, and we're yeah. like, our my, our imagination can just go and say, well, he. It had to be this way, and yeah. right. Imagine it. Just imagine what he had to do, and right. Clearly, these wolves were killing other elves. So Finrod has to be great, and Finrod already battled Sauron. This is amazing. Yeah, he already battled Sauron. Losing or not, it said it was a great battle. So right. we already hold him in esteem from doing even being able to do that because we know who Sauron is and how strong he is. So just like you said, he didn't have to go blow for blow and explain this or that. Exactly. And that's how the, the king was very great, it said. Yeah. And, no. and like, that's what I that's what I love about this. And, and, and this part about Finrod and and his his, you know, duty moving forward is we don't have to be told exactly everything that he's done and the relationship. But we understand because of the name that he gets from men, the name that he gets from dwarves, the name that he gets from even elves, that Finrod is just the best of them the best of them you know he just he just is um and so we 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 understand a little bit of that right now one of the things that the moving back into the history is we we talked about this last time um bera here had to kind of go on the run right his family um left and um they 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 were the ones that kind of joined that area of Brethil, right? Um, he and, you know, 12 of his companions, 11 of his companions. It was him. Uh, him and 11. So, yeah. They, yeah. Well, him, Baron, and then 10 others. There's or 11. Yeah. I was about 11, to say, is 11 it, others. Is it 11 12 altogether? I think it's 12. Yeah. It's 12 altogether. And two, yeah, of, them, two yeah. of them were family. Two yeah. Were so like, they, they they become like the outlaws, right? That's what yeah. it says. They live like that outlaw life. And basically they are just they're just making shit hard for Morgoth. Like yeah. that's their whole plan, right? They're, they're just, yeah, yeah, like they're they're yeah. just they're just fucking shit up for Morgoth because they they just figure like we've got nothing else to lose, right? Yeah. Our our land is lost, so we're just gonna make things hard. Yeah. Um and so that's what they do. And things are going really well for him for a while. Right. They are they are causing trouble with Morgoth. And then he doesn't like he doesn't like it when people cause trouble for him. No, he does <laughs> not. And so, I mean, he puts a price on their head. Right. And he's he's like this. This isn't happening anymore. Um, and he sends people after him. And this is when, you know, this is when we first get outside of of sauron taking the the isle of werewolves right this is when we first kind of get the power of sauron and and what he is and what it means to be kind of this maya slash sorcerer slash 
shapeshifter slash i mean like all of these like the the dark power that this guy holds is kind of bananas Spy master it's it absolutely bananas and you guys probably described it in your last uh your last video when you were doing the lore i I absolutely this is one of my favorite things because i am a super sauron enthusiast um he's one of my favorite characters i'm i love the bad guys so it just describes his power but also Morgoth's failures describes Sauron's power. Right. He couldn't take the Western Pass for two years after the Bragalag. He sent Sauron. The pass gets taken immediately. Right. He couldn't catch the outlaws in Dorthonian. He sends Sauron. They get captured immediately. You know, and, and we can go on and go on and go on. And it, it's not super detailed as far as after what happens with Baron and Luthien and Sauron mm-hmm. in that great battle. But just hit the faith that Morgoth has in him, he holds the Western Isle. They couldn't sneak past the. We're going to get into that, but it's just you'll see. Like so good. Sauron is a goon. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. And 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 like that's the thing is like we get um you know Carlos and I talked about this a little bit on our our video talking about the 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 photos that were released by Vanity Fair right and and then the ones that like the one you have behind you right now. Um, yeah. We were talking about the 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 black gauntlet one, and we were just saying like we're actually hoping that that's not going to be Sauron, just because like there's so much more than as much as we love the trilogy, there's so much more than the Peter Jackson Sauron. Yeah, right, absolutely. And yeah. and like we want to see fair Sauron. We want to see that, like, we want to see Anatar. We want to mm-hmm. see him being like that spy master. We want to see him being like cruel and and dangerous and yeah. and that like lieutenant of morgoth right, right? Yeah. shapeshifter yeah werewolves the, just literally so calculating and patient his yeah. patience is the scariest thing about sauron he, he okay i can't win i can't win this okay i, I don't have a problem with that i'll wait a thousand years yeah destroy you from yeah. the inside out yeah and like yeah. he he I, survived like, i live forever getting a time to the very end like right he, he's still not dead <laughs> so, no yeah no. and we, and we yeah, say that all the time yeah. we're like he's still not dead like <laughs> yeah. still alive so it's, yeah man um and this is where we this is where we first start to see that right we've got um poor gorlam right yeah. <laughs> this, oh man this this, <laughs> this, sto- this story gets me right like, yeah this is this is my favorite like sauron story right yep just the it was just, did. It was just what he does to him right is just so mean man it is like it is the worst thing you could do to some like in my mind right is the worst thing you could do to somebody and right? this is like this is again carlos and i speak of this a lot this is again one of those things where it's like man to really know like the darkness of middle earth you have to read the Silmarillion and even some of the standalones of like Baron and Luthien, children mm-hmm. of horror and all of that, because like, like, man, if you are, if you're going into the TV show or any other representation of it and stuff, and you're thinking like, you know, bright and sunny Hobbit or even pretty like good natured, the Lord of the Rings, man, you are missing out on some darkness that some Tolkien missing. wrote. Yeah. Some R R rated, you know, <laughs> incorporate the, the, incorporate the story we're going upon and we're talking about the history so look at what sauron does to gorlin 
Rolling mm-hmm. the unhappy. He's scowling. He he doesn't know if his wife is dead or alive. He 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 does something a little shady, but you know he doesn't say anything. But he goes and checks his house, right? So yep. think on how deep this is on Sauron's part. He goes and checks his house sometime and just looks and see if she's there, and he and he goes back. It's not like Morgoth would have. If Morgoth would have did this, he would have just killed Gorlin yep. because they knew he was there. They were watching him go to the house. They could have killed him. Right. Sauron says, "Oh, okay, he's going there. Let me be a little more calculated." Oh, he, he's missing his wife. He's going checking to see if his. Okay, all right. Yeah, let me let me create this wraith of <laughs> alien now. And now he's he's thinking that this his wife is alive, and it's just crazy. The way well, they could just killed him, left it at that, and tried yeah. to figure out what the rest of them was. He wanted the information. He he cruelly, cruelly. Yes. Right. The the meanest thing he could have did to Gorlim, he did. And then he tells him before he kills him. He doesn't even let him just think it and then just kills him. He makes sure he tells him, yo, that, that was just a rape, dude. That was just yeah. me. I am. I, and, and, and my favorite thing is, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have you see her. Right. I'm going to kill you because she's dead. Right? <laughs> so. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, c- uh, tricks Gorlim into 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 believing his wife is dead because he's he's being tortured by by Sauron's men. Right. That yeah. went to capture him during this time. And he's not giving up where Bear here is because that's who they're looking for. They're looking for Bear here. They're looking for the rest of the outlaws. Yeah. Um, and it's not until they promise him, "Oh, we know where your wife is, right? We'll we'll take you to her, right?" That he gives up where he is, right, or where where Bear here is. And and when he does finally give up where Bear here is, Sauron pulls the old switcheroo on him and says, guess what? She's dead. Uh, I tricked you. And but I'll hold to my word. Yeah, but I'll hold yeah. to my word, word and I'll have you see her soon. So, and he kills and her. He kills Gorlim. Um, and cruelly. Yeah, cruelly. exactly. Like, and you, and you said that cruelly. And that, like, it's like, it's one of these things where like, I feel like him putting cruelly there after everything that he's already been through. I'm like, well, shit, like, He's already been really cruel to him. Yeah. Like, how did he kill how, him? How worse could it get? Yeah, and that's where that's where we go back into like, this is this is open to the reader's interpretation of how cruelly could you like imagine killing this person? I, I, right. I like to when I think of that, I think I fast forward and I think of Killer Brimble. Yeah, and I'm oh, like, yeah. he walked around with his body as a banner before his army. Right. So what did he do to Gorlin? Yeah. Right. Jesus. Like, I mean, that's like you were you were talking about, like the difference between Morgoth and Sauron. And and, and this is really it where like Sauron's just the worst bad guy. Yeah. Like, 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 (laughs) he's the best. best He is. He's the best bad guy. Right. Because like, like Morgoth, honestly, when it comes to bad guys, like Sauron beats him every time. Like, it's just, oh, oh, Yeah. He's he he's cruel. He's he's scary as shit. Like he's <laughs> like, and he does stuff like that where it's not. It's I mean Morgoth has done some really mean, cruel stuff, right? But like, fuck, you know, putting an elves an a a Noldor like an elves body, a Noldor's body on a pike, <laughs> not his head, not like <laughs> no his, his whole, whole body, body. Whole body. And walking like this is the banner, like this is our flag now. 
you know, like that is that's scary shit. Yeah, like, and, that's, and like that's terrifying. This isn't some random Noldor elf. This is not a random person. No, you really think about it. Keller Brimbor, it comes from a royal line. He is the grandson of the greatest elf, Feanor. Right. Also, if the lines hadn't switched, Keller Brimbor would have been the king of all the elves. Not yep. all the elves, Noldor elves. Yeah. He would have been the high king of the Noldor if the lines hadn't switched. Yeah. So literally this this is a huge important person he is the ruler of Eregion. he is this guy is very important he's the last of that whole line yep. of Feanor's line is the last he's the greatest smith of that time he now just look what i did to him and i'm walking around with him as my banner yeah and, and so it's like and this is this is our first taste of that right this is our first yeah. taste of like who sauron really is and and what we're dealing with moving forward so gorlim sadly gives up the location right now luckily baron is off on an errand yeah and when sauron's men go to and asleep and asleep huh? and he's asleep sleeping. he's sleeping yeah, yeah. Gorlim mm-hmm. comes to him in a dream right right and and, and- mm-hmm. And, and tries to warn him, right? And he has this very, very grotesque dream, too, of these, these carrion birds dripping blood from their mouths and, and mocking. Everybody, and, like, laughing at him. Like, yeah. And, 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 like, this is the dream that he's having, right? So he wakes up and runs back to camp. Um, and all he sees when he arrives is the last carrion bird going up to the tree right and everybody dead and they're they're like basically playing hot potato with his dad's hand like yeah yeah right which, and that's the which like, has the ring right which right yeah. and that, forget that and and that's that's an important part of this um because i you know there there are some things that we know that um that tolkien in creating these stories kind of went back and and himself kind of retconned Right. He, he made it. He made a story and then he realized, well, I want to connect these stories. So how are we going to do this? Right. So one of the ways that he connected this story is by saying one of the 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 master orc that, you know, is is taking, you know, that that kills this group of men. We're going to have him cut the hand of bear here and keep his ring. Mm hmm. Right. And so then that brings that into the story where, again, if we want to talk about violence, Baron sees this. Baron sees the guy hold up Barahir's hand with the ring on it and snaps and, and just, and just, just pull out, out there and fights them. Yeah. Takes the hand back. And like, they, they don't even know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't even try to be like a. It's like a surprise attack. Yeah. Um, and, and, and slaughters the entire camp, right? Kills everyone um, and takes the ring and, and leaves. Um, now the next, like the next little bit is, is, is tough for him because he was living as an outlaw for so long with a group of outlaws, yeah. you know, and now it's just him. For four years, mm-hmm. four years. It's just him in the wilderness. I love though that it's like he he. I lo- I love that he becomes a vegetarian. 
Yeah. Like he, yeah, he just won't kill anything. That is yeah. He just drive. loves he just loves animals so much that he's just like, hey, you and the animals are... love him and it pays dividends going going forward. It pays yeah. dividends. Right. And it's like, yeah. you know, we're we're besties. Uh, I promise I won't eat you. I'll just I'll I'll eat the food that that grows in the ground and um and that's and then I'll 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 slaughter me some orcs. Right. That's sure. the that's kind of his life for a long time. Um yeah. and, and, and again. Morgoth is pissed. Puts a price on his head. The same price as was on fin, Fingon, the High King of the Noldor's head. He right. puts the same price on Baron's head. So that's the type of work Baron was putting in during his four-year stint in Dorthonian, you know, waylaying the orcs. So yeah. that's huge. It's 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 really it like again, it shows this this um this beginning factor so we we get it a little bit with um you know um the the oath of felagon you know to bear here but we're we're seeing more and more how men come into the story right because yeah. up until this point we've you know carlos and i have talked about it in our history episodes like morgoth isn't really worried about men yeah right it's still just like yeah they're fleeting it doesn't really matter and we're he seeing doesn't... more he doesn't want them to be friends with the elves, but he's right. not like really too concerned with them. Concerned, yeah. He's not like really like on, on them like that. Now yeah. this they're starting to get a little concerning. Yeah. So this is this is this plant seeds for the next thing. The Neanderthal. So oh, okay, this is going on. Okay, let me let me let me handle them this way. Yep. Let me, exactly. Let me bring some of them under my sway, and it's probably a direct uh, result of what you know Barry here and and uh, Baron ended up doing and he was like mm, i gotta i gotta figure this out with, yeah with i gotta figure something out right right and so baron i mean sauron is going after him right and there there's that price on his head so baron well he flees to doriath but <laughs> he first has to make it there right and and basically it, it doesn't give us a whole lot of of that scary area that Love he goes it. through to get there. And it's because Love it gives it. us, it gives us such a great imagination. I mean, like in our outline, I basically just say like, it's fucking nightmare fuel. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of the best descriptions in the entire legendarium of this area. Yeah. Now to speak on Sauron's rise again, because when Morgoth puts a price on his head, for four years, he couldn't capture him. He it specifically says, then he sent Sauron yep. with the force. And Sauron pressed Baron so hard, he had to leave. Right. He couldn't stay anymore because yeah. Sauron brought werewolves and this, that, and the third. So when Sauron takes Dorthonian over, it now it becomes Tarnufuin, it becomes Deldate, you know, it becomes there. And and then in another part, if you're if you're not paying attention, you can miss the con the connections and correlations of them describing this area several times. Mm -hmm. It says with Sauron's sorcery and Melian's magic in meat. between with meat, horror and madness walks. Yeah. Monsters live there. It's, you know, Nandan Gotheb, the Valley of Dreadful Death. And then they tell you way in the beginning, after Ungoliant loses to the Balrogs and has to flee, she goes to Dan Gotheb and she breeds a hideous race of spiders. But mm -hmm. not only spiders live there, monsters that have diverse shapes and spirits. And and now, now you have Sauron's sorcery and Melian's magic blocking so you can't go. It's crazy there. Yeah. It's literally, it, it says horror and madness walk there. And, and he has to get through this. 
And that's the thing, right? We've got two of I mean, I mean, that we know of probably the two most powerful Maya to ever yeah. exist in Middle Earth. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And 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 like it, like it is it is a beautiful description of that line, like what that means. And and there is a big part of it that it, we talk about this a little bit. Um, you know, we don't want to fully interpret or put into our own world what he's saying because it is fantasy. But man, you think about like No Man's Land in World War One, yeah, yeah. And the horror that existed there. I mean, which, which Tolkien witnessed, right? Right, Tolkien was yeah, firsthand. He was in. Yeah. He was in. Yeah, he was there. And so there. and we and we talked about it, I think, in one episode where we said, like, Tolkien didn't have to write about all the violence. Right. He's writing this at a time when, you know, Europe's going through violence that they're seeing on on their lands. Right. And so uh, he knows that his readers have some kind of experience with this. And even if they don't, you know, have personal experience with it, you know, as a as a person. Right living life you're going to experience violence at some point yeah absolutely and and baron he makes it through right and and this is this is why i think um melian is the way that she is moving forward is because she understands like if somebody made it through that they're supposed to be here yeah they're, they're absolutely right absolutely great point yeah she knew that baron clearly isn't stronger than melian Right. So she's like, fate drove. He's supposed to be here. Yep. Thingle does just never listens to him. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've talked about that multiple yeah. times. Nobody listens to Melian ever. And she's like the smartest, wisest person in the entire first age. She's uh, cl- she clearly knows what she's talking about. Everything she says comes to pass. Yeah. And nobody ever heeds anything she said. Hey, 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 Torin. Um, hey, no, hey, Bellic. You, you probably shouldn't take that sword. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, don't do that. He does it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a constant just like, hey, like, yeah, it, it's well, so we're going to get we're going to get to one example. Or yeah, we're gonna, in a we little are. bit. Right. We where, are. Where she tells him, yeah, you don't want to do this. So he so he makes it through. Right. But he makes it through that area and basically comes out the other side. I mean, looking like 20 years older. Yeah. yeah he's changed. He's and doesn't he, talk he, about it. Right. That, he will him not talking about it speaks volumes right that because of how much other shit he's could, been through it could it, him saying he wouldn't speak about it is way more telling than him writing a descriptive detail about what type of monsters and yep. w- what they did to him and tw- i'd rather that a million times over that he said he wouldn't talk about it he, he probably doesn't even tell luthien about it yeah because it because because he, he's so tortured by it and and so it's like damn what that I'm never going there. I don't right. ever want and to. Right. Like that's the beautiful thing and I, I love that I love that you like that you have that same idea because that's the beautiful thing of this is like we get Tolkien saying like madness walks there and then later saying and he never spoke of it. It's like your imagination can just run wild. Yeah. Crazy. Right? Like like that is that is the stuff of nightmares. Like that is that is what it is. <laughs> and creatures both there that were born before the that was born in the long dark before the sun. Right. So now you're thinking like, is this something like the watcher in the water? Like, yeah. Like what, what is there besides the spiders? What's worse than the spiders? Right. (laughs) Right. Like, are there more creatures that were like Ungoliant that just basically came from outer darkness down because they saw this place, you know, like, like what is what, what, and, and, and it's, it's terrifying. That's, that's what's there. 
whatever you can imagine being absolutely (laughs) terrifying that's what's there and that's what tolkien gives us with that description right he's like he's like i'm gonna let you think on that whatever you think is the scariest thing possible that's what's there and everybody has something different a different variation and so everybody is their most scared yeah because you know, my, my scariest thing might not be yours, but we, it's all our scariest thing. Cause we're like, Jesus Christ, it has to be something crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now really quick, I want to step away from Baron and Luthien because this is a history episode. So we like to throw in pretty much everything that's kind of going on at the same time. We know like most, like all of this happens pretty close, but I do like to say that at this same time, something really important, um, Huron and Morwen, uh, get married. Right. Yeah. So during the same time where where Baron is just getting into Doriath, we get um, Hurin and Morin or Morwen get married. And that's that's very important moving forward in this story, because later on, right around nine months. Right. Probably. <laughs> uh, Turin is born. Turin to Ramba. And that dude, I mean, we've already done, you know, a two episode uh, take on him. But he'll come into our history a little bit later. And we, we know Turin is a, I mean, moving straight from Baron, you know, the story of Baron into the story of Turin. It's, I mean, fuck, it's a hard life for it is hard. these people. Like the opposite, like even though like they both had hardships, Baron's hardships just still give you hope. Yes. Whereas Turin's is like, I... I have a, a very different opinion on Torin than I think most people do. And I'm not sure of yours exactly, but I'm always like, how much of that is the curse? Yeah. Because you are like, you're kind of an asshole. You don't yep. listen. Yep. And I want to, I want to sympathize and empathize with you. I'm reading this, but I'm like, dude, you're doing some of this shit to yourself. My yep. guy. Yep. Like, yep. We sorry. talked about <laughs> we that. We talked yeah. about that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, it's, how much of this is him believing in this curse, right? Which I don't think yeah. necessarily is an actual like curse curse, right? I think he knows about it and he's essentially self-sabotaged himself. Yeah. Self-sabotaging yourself, where- the, the curse in and in, in, in of itself is making itself be real. Correct. By, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. He, he manifests it. So, so someone he's thinking too hard about it. Yeah, exactly. Someone asked on Reddit, they're like, you know, uh, I feel like the elves are responsible for turn. I was, and I responded back. I'm like, turn is responsible for turn. Yeah. The elves are responsible for, t- did they read the story? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, I think the, the, whoever posted the, the, the comment was like, you know, I think the elves didn't do enough to help turn. I'm like, the hell are you talking about? I'm like, what turn, talking? Hey. turn is responsible for the things that happened to turn, right? He could have come back to door, you know, we were covering what we right over, but still turn could have gone back to Doriath. Right. And single would have forgiven him. Even the thing with Saris, Saris right. made a remark. Turin didn't have to respond that way. Right. And I'm not saying I wouldn't have been mad either, but he didn't have to hit him with the cup. Now, right. now, of course, of course he shouldn't have, Try to waylay him and kill Torin. I'm completely agree with Torin. He chased him. He fell down a thing. You know you were justified. You right. were scared. You ran off. That lake found you. He said, "Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can come back. You can come back." He's not mad at all. He actually, yeah. Nah, yeah. I'm not going to. That that you decided to do that. He, yep. he he found you again. He was like, "Hey, yeah, here's your heirloom. Come back. They're not mad at you again." 
at his own, they're in the wilds of Valerian where you could get killed and he, he's by himself. Beleg risked his life twice and came and found you, brought you the heirloom of your house and you still like, nah, and you don't really have a reason to because right. of your own pride and shame and you just don't want to come back. And then and, everything and- that everything bad that happens to him, he like, curse you, Morgoth, this is your fault. <laughs> it's like, like no, no, dude. No. <laughs> because somebody, if you look at every example of something wrong he did, somebody was telling him, yo, dude, you don't have to do this. Yeah, you can don't do, do this. this. <laughs> failure with Fendulus. Yeah. The dra- he listens to the dragon instead of literally the guy's like, yo, uh, yeah, well, just go get go get Fendulus. Because yeah. there's like, no point to go back to there's no point to go back yeah. north. Yeah. Just go back, go get Fendulus right now. What are you doing? And he's just like, yeah, now nah. I'm gonna listen to the dragon. Yeah. Go. <laughs> dragon spell or no dragon spell. I call bullshit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so he's he's born at this time, right? And we get, man, do we get a story from his life later on? Um but we, Haste. you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is when you know, Baron finally one summer evening stumbles upon who he, because he does not know that her name is Luthien, calls Tenuviel. Tenuviel. That's right. Um, and it's just, and he's dumbfounded, right? This is yeah. this entire time he's like dumbfounded for like, for like three seasons, right? Summer. <laughs> uh you know fall and then like winter and it's not until the next spring where he can actually like do something but like just can't he's just watching her yeah i mean i i see it i see it as kind of a little bit of a callback of because we're still talking about like a higher race and a lower race right um it's a little bit of a callback of fingal fingal yeah Yeah. luthien was born in that forest where he found her Mm -hmm. and literally description of mel everything is a callback Melian, when she was in Valinor, it says nightingales would just flock around her. Yep. And she'd be surrounded by nightingales. And then her daughter is literally nightingale, which yep. she called her. That's what Tenuvio means. Right. So it's literally like, if you're paying attention, it's very telling. And Thingle and Melian and Nan Elmoth, Thingle gets stuck for right. years. Years. He's immortal. Baron's not. He gets stuck. For seasons, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So well, and wow. and that even kind of moves into like the the later on part of the story where like you get the. I mean, it's a little bit like you know the toxic mas- masculinity part of it, but this idea of Thingol, like I know that Melian is too good for me, being an elf and her being a Maya, and yeah. now I've got a man trying to be with my daughter who i know is also too good for him who's half, you know what I mean? half maya right yeah who's yeah. also he half, still, half he maya. very much knows his his worth as well he's like right he's very it's just just like how he treated the dwarves mm-hmm. and he man who is you to try to talk to my do- dude you was a regular guy regular person yeah you know he's like and he, oh, he calls them all those names. That's one of my favorite parts of the book as well. Yeah, well, we'll let, let's get to that part quick because I would, I would love to hear you talk about that part because I love that part too. It's so that. great. Um, so they get in, right? And for, for three seasons, he's, he's dumbfounded. Um, and, you know, basically, finally, he hears her singing and he calls out to her. And he says, Tenuvio. Mm. Right? 
and um, they would basically it, it describes that she is caught up in the doom of men. Now we talk about the idea of what doom means and usually doom in this case means fate, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It just simply means that like her fate has now been changed. Yeah, her fate is different. Right. It, it's different because man's fate ultimately is different. Yep. So it, if you're an, an immortal elf and your fate is of such to be always to come be able to come back or to you know the more now that is doomed regardless of whether it's a good doomed or bad doomed or whatever whichever way it's doomed because it's not going to be that now because right. you're caught up in what men have going on and this is the first example of that so yeah. now you're caught in that and you're the first example of that yeah exactly and 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 it happens right away right it, it just is and they know that it is and um you know they they keep their meetings a secret. They're able to, you know, Baron Baron has lived a life of secrecy for a really long time, right? Now I would I would argue. You telling me that Melian doesn't know that somebody's in her land, like I mean, or she knows, right? Like she knows. Melian is 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 wise beyond her years, and she knows things, and she just kind of is like, yeah. She's like, she knows, she also knows to let things happen, exactly. right? Like, exactly. and she, she knows that, that fates are what they are and that things now let, like she will try to interject when she needs to and other things like that, but she knows things need to happen and, and yeah. that, that fates need to happen. I mean, even uh, we don't know necessarily how far seeing she is, how much she saw in the creation as one of the Maya that was there when this was happening. Right. I don't know. We don't know how much of the song she really understood or, or partook of. Right. But we do know that she knows that the fate of men is different of the fate of yeah. elves and the fate of middle earth holds something important. You know, you know what's one of the coolest things is um, if, I don't know if you caught upon this, but um, in Minograph when they were creating it, and then you know obviously they had the, basically the dwarves doing the heavy labor, and then the the, the elves were doing the aesthetics, right? Because yep. of Melian's foresight, there were things on the walls that were depicted that didn't happen yet. Yep. So yeah, I we talked about that like, a little had, bit. I wonder if they had like Sauron's, you know, with the ring of power. Like, <laughs> that would be really cool because she, it, it clearly it says yeah because of what Melian knew. Like there were like things that didn't come to pass yet in the on the walls and like things like that. So yeah, that was that was actually cool. But yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. I mean, she was essentially like like um, in that episode. I actually re-listened to that episode. Carlos says like she was she was the best interior designer. Right. She, <laughs> she, she, like she knew exactly what she wanted. She know that she knew that she wanted to look like Valinor one. Right. And then she put up all of these these images, these tapestries, these these paintings and everything to I mean, kind of to make it look like that. that's kind of how the halls of Mandos are. Right. Yeah. It's that same idea with all of these tapestries of what have happened and what will happen. Yeah. Um, and and they're he all knows everything he's the he one that knows everything except for. The, the very end he's like two things he doesn't know <laughs> yeah yeah and and so we like i i just wanted to say that like this this idea of like i'm pretty sure like like they Melian were being knew. sneaky but like Melian knew yeah. right i mean come on um but we there's always one jealous asshole right <laughs> see he played upon everything love yeah. jealousy right uh, 
you know, and there's always one. And and we've got that in Daron, right? Yeah. And he was a Daron. minstrel. He it's funny because if you read the the Baron and Luthien standalone book, it talks about how he was actually at, at first he was set up to be like the brother of Luthien, right? And then yeah. that kind of changed in the story over time. Um, and it became this idea where he was, he's the minstrel who always, he was the one who would play while she sang and danced. Right. Yeah. And, and throughout the thousands of years that they've been together, he was that person. Right. And he was always, you know, as, as awful as this saying is, he was friend zoned. Like that's just who he was. Yeah. Right. He was, he was the person that was in he was always there. He was always the one like playing for her, being there for her. He was, you know, her her MC when she was going up to to dance. But the love that he had for her just wasn't reciprocated. Return. Right. Yeah, wasn't reciprocated. And it's, it's he's the greatest minstrel of all the elves. Right. Yep. And it's only because he's singing about Luthien. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, when you have the greatest inspiration. Is it? Yeah, exactly. It's like, easy to become. Think about it. Like, minstrel. wow, he's. He's literally this because he's singing about the most beautiful elf ever in existence. Right. right. Will be in existence. Yeah, ever. His love for her has got to be so crazy. And imagine, uh, you know, people who make heartbroken songs. Look at Adele. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the Adele of the first age. Like, I love it. Like, and it's crazy. So, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, he um, he tattles. Right. Mitch. He uh, and and Luthien was able to hold off the guards of Thingol, right? And basically say, I will take him like yeah. I will take him into my father because she knew that nothing good was going to come from this. Right. Yeah. Even though even though Melian multiple times has mentioned like bad things cannot enter here. Right. So Baron's there for a reason. Like, but, but Thingol doesn't want to hear that. Right. There is a man here who is gallivanting with my daughter and I am not cool with this shit. He literally right? tells him before, before this, that one, one person is going to come yep. that, he, that even my power can't hinder. Like, yep. And she tells him this way before that happens. Yeah. She, she, can't, this is, can't be this guy. Like, yeah, can't be yeah, this guy. Right. Yeah, this and, and this is when I mean, this is when they're building Menegroth, right? She's like, we need we need a place that's safe for our people. And I will create this girdle around Doriath and and like this will be a safe haven. But like and that's when she says, like, somebody will be able to come here. Right. And it won't be safe forever. And this person will change the fate, you know, and but yeah, Thingol's like, well, not this guy. Like, look at this guy. <laughs> you telling me this guy is the one. And so. I, I kind of want to turn this over to you because what happens is now Luthien brings him to Fingal, right? And yeah. they have they have a discussion of sorts once uh, so, once they get there. They they have a discussion. Um, I partially understand Fingal. Yes, because his love for Luthien is so great. So I partially do understand. You know, he's like he really loves his daughter more than anything and who would not love to, you know your daughter for one then she's the most beautiful being so it's like a jealous love mm -hmm. like yo you can't have that like luthien is his silmaril yeah yeah mm -hmm. absolutely you know and he's like i i made this like this is i'm i'm thingle 
he's very much into himself. I'm Thingo. I'm the, and he, you know, he's the only Sindar elf that saw the light of the two trees. Yep. So he's different. Every elf in, every elf in Minigroth, in Doriath, in the, is, he's greater than them. He's even higher technically than the, the Noldor mm-hmm. elves that are there. Besides maybe the princes and the, you know what I mean? Um, Thingo is uh, of the old world when they came from Quivianen. Right. So, he was an emissary. Yeah. He was yeah, one yeah. of the original emissaries. Ah, people don't understand. He's, he's up there with Fenway, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so he's holding himself to what he really is. And then he's married to one of the most powerful beings in all Middle Earth. So he doesn't, he takes himself seriously and he, he takes his daughter seriously. And he's like, I don't even trust men. They're not even, they can't, they're not even immortal. They're nothing compared to us. You, are you kidding me? You think you're going <laughs> to, it's like a slap in his face. You think you're going to have my daughter? And he's talking to him with such disdain and disrespect. Now, it, even though you kind of understand where he's coming from at first, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You're like, come mm. on, dude. I know, I know Baron's worth. Us as the reader, we know Baron's worth and what he's did. And Baron knows his worth, but Baron is scared. Right. Melly knows Baron's worth. So Melian, when Thingle's talking crazy to him, and he's like, he calls him a, a, a spy and a baseborn mortal. And who are you? To, who are you? This is what gets Thingle killed talking crazy to people. Yeah. Who are right? you? <laughs> right. Who are you to the one to love my daughter? Like, what why shouldn't I kill you right now? Mm-hmm. And Baron doesn't have an answer at first. He doesn't yeah. have an answer at first. And he's like blown away and he's like caught up in awe of Thingle himself, of Minigroth. He's like, is he right, Kanda? And then he looks into Melian's face. And this is the part, like, Melian doesn't say anything, but she says it to him, kind of how Galadriel talks to the fellowship without talking to him. Mm-hmm. Puts the idea in and says, you know, like, you know your worth. You know yeah. what you did. You know, like, say it to him because he needs to hear this. And even though Thingle's mad, I think he's mad more because what Baron says is true and he knows he's wrong right. than him being mad at what he really said. He's it, the, the truth of it is like, ah, uh, I got to say, I just got to be mean because I don't want to, you know, so admit, I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. He's like, I didn't earn no, my, my family? First of all, your nephew was alive because of right. my dad. Right. How dare you say, like, they, t- even Luthien tried to say, yo, even, even the elves heard about Baron. Like, he's known, like, dad, don't try to be, don't act, try to underplay him. But yeah. he still does it anyway. Silence, let Baron speak. And Baron, you know, when he finally looks at Melian, he tells him about himself. He said, my house has earned no, none of these names you calling us. We the one saved your nephew, the beloved Finrod. We saved him. He has, oh, I hold his ring, a barrier here. Mm-hmm. This, this. This is this is me. I'm the, the direct descendant. I'm his son. We you, come on, like you you can't be talking to me crazy. We didn't. They, they, the men did not have to get involved, and this is why the dying are granted Numenor. They did right. not have to take part in this war. They literally did not. They could have been like, eh, good luck, guys. Yeah, and, and they would have blamed. <laughs> them. They right. didn't have to get involved at all. They he did not have to go save Finrod. No. He did not. No, and like so that, that itself, you know, he's like, come on, dude. Like, you know, I, yeah. I hope your, your daughter to such regard, but don't talk to me as if I'm some just 
random person. And I'm not, he wasn't even speaking high of himself in that way, but he's like, we, we are stand up people. Like we did right. something, you know, for you guys and, and don't talk to us crazy. Right. You know and and so. with and what we know about what we know about Baron too, like even as he's saying this, because you know, this was gifted to him by Melly and this courage and these words were given to him by like you you know though too in his heart that as he's saying this, like he's defending himself, but at the same time, like he still knows Luthien is too much for him. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like he still knows that like like I think he even like what you were saying, like he even knows, like, I get it, man. Like, <laughs> like, like to Thingle, right? Like, like, I understand what you're saying. I know what you, I've, I've been spending time with Luthien, with somebody that is like Way far above. Yeah. Like <laughs> just far, far above me. Yeah. I know. Um, but I am not these things that you're calling me. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, names I would. He says the names I would not take from you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, he really does give us that impression of like, I understand, but like, pump your fucking brakes. Yeah, right? I, I, I love it when he when he retorts and he says that it's like, yeah, talk your shit. Like, yeah, names I will not take from you. Yeah, My house is not earned that you ain't going to you're not going to talk crazy to me. Right. It's like your, your, your boss can tell you something. I always say this, like, my boss can tell me whatever, and I'm going to listen, I'm going to respect it. As long as you say it with respect. Right. Because I don't care if you're the big boss, the little boss, don't talk to me crazy. Because yep. I do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So, I mean, that's know? the thing, right? Like, Fingal, if he weren't as hot-headed as he was, because because uh, yeah. he is, right? If he weren't as hot-headed as he was, he could have easily had this, this conversation a little bit different, right? Yeah. He could have been like, hey... So like one, you're mortal, right? Like you're going to die, and my yeah. daughter is not what I want for my daughter, right? Yeah. Like you there, there can be, there can be that conversation, but no, instead he insults him, and then like you were saying, he tries to he he decides to not apologize for that, and instead yeah. he's like, oh well, you know, you know, sons can't be judged by the deeds of their fathers, and like. <laughs> Baron's like, come on, man. Like, I've been out here on my own. Like, I walked through nightmare shit to get here. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, like, it's just like, there's so much there that you're finally getting, like, you're getting this first, again, first glimpse of Fingal's downfall, really. Yeah. Right. This is, this is what starts the downfall of Fingal. Absolutely. Millie tells him that. Yep. Yes. She's like, exactly. okay. You either and, you either put your daughter in, in the harm's way or you put your kingdom in like either way, something is gonna something's yeah. gonna happen. And that's and the thing, can, right? Is is then at this point, this is when Thingle in his hot headedness and honestly, like bad call in so many ways, dude. Like basically says, like, like what you were saying, like Luthien is my Silmaril. Get me a Silmaril in exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I love this. See, I think I like to see comedy in Tolkien's writing as well. Um, I I feel like a lot of people don't see it, but I I do. Absolutely. know when Baron, the biggest bluff. Yes. Yes. And, and, and he says to him, he says, the next time you see me, I will be holding a Silmaril in my hand. Right. He's like, 
for little prices do Elvin King sell their daughters? What? Yes. Yeah. It's what? so good. It's so good. And and I just I love that. And and I love that it will it will get called back to with the best like ha type of yeah. moment, right? <laughs> um, like, where's my silver Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, I, it's in my hand. It's in my hand. <laughs> it's in my <laughs> hand. <laughs> and then the hands gone. Like it's so good. Um when, but it, immediately when he leaves, he like it's so hilarious because just like you said, like I saw the comedy in it. So yeah. I'm so appreciative of, for you saying that because I laugh every time when I'm like, he's full of shit. He's bullshitting yeah. right now. Yeah. Like I understand it. I get it. You yeah. gotta bluff him. But like it was soon as he regrets it immediately. He's like, Oh yeah. I mean, it's, like, one of those, oh, it's one of those moments where I tell like I tell people all the time, I'm like, oh, like 80 percent of the jobs I've had, I've gotten because I've lied my way into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, yeah, I can do that. That's fine. I know how to do that. And Build then you the leave house. and you're like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, I need help. Like, what? Yeah, it, seriously. And so, I mean, that's the thing, right? Is like he knows that he needs help. So yeah. his next step is once he leaves there, he's you know, he needs to find some help. Immediately. So, and, and so he needs to find him some Finrod. Yeah, exactly. And Finrod. so he's like, well, Finrod, Finrod owes his family. And he's yep. like, I'm about to collect on the debt that I, I got. I need to, uh, he needs to help. We can't do yep. this by itself, by itself. Yep. The, the, the craziest feat in all of the history of middle world. Well, like, and, and that's the it. sad thing, right? Is he goes there. I, I, I believe that he goes there in hopes for an army. Yeah. Right. And well, that's, well, that's what they're trying. That's what Finrod's trying to, to, to muster up. Right. Right. He's, he's trying to muster up Nargothron to go with him and with Baron to go get the Silmaril. And right? who the fuck gets in the way, but those goddamn sons of Feanor. Oh my <laughs> God. Kelegorm and Corfin. Wow. Oh, like they are in a trip. But like they from the grave, the evilest of the brothers. Yeah, they really are, and it's like it's like from, from the grave, Feanor is still fucking shit up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> that oath is a motherfucker. It but then you really have the oath. Is. You have the oath, and you have the the curse, and they're intertwined, and they're acting together. And it's like Finrod sees this, and he's like, "Yo, dude, we're we're fucking, we're we're screwed." Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like, these two dudes are in my halls. And this isn't going to go well, but no. I got to hold him. Oh, he's still a stand-up guy. He's like, yo, this yep. is not going to go over yep. well because they're winning a strong power in my room because technically they're the higher princes. Regardless yep. of whether the lines, they're the higher princes. So some people are listening to them. They're like, well, yep. they, Feanor is the eldest and these are Feanor's kids. Technically they're, they're older and they're, you know, so people are listening to them and it's well, just, I, I love this. I love the speeches that they both give. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's it's Kelegorm that gives the 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 throwback speech to to Feanor, right? That kind of incited the Noldor to to leave um, to leave Valinor and to come to Middle Earth. And then you have Corfin, who's a little calmer in what he's saying, but it's still kind of powerful to the the elves of Nargathron, right? Yeah. He, scares are, them more. he scares them, right? He, he scares he's, them. And they they never go into open war anymore except for when Torin Torin shows up. Yep. Because yep. Torin's an asshole and Torin <laughs> convinces them to build a bridge <laughs> to over Nargathron. But yeah, he's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 we've got, you know, we've got that moment where like like what you were saying, like Finrod 
like he knows as soon as Baron says, I'm here to like call for your help. And this is my quest. Finrod right then is like, here it is. Like, this is me yeah. getting entwined in the curse of the Silmarils. Like, this is, this is, this is my, I am like, this, this is, is my, my fate. doom. This is my fate. Yeah. That moment, can I tell you that that moment really broke my heart because literally the be- you, the best of you, yep. and you abandon him in his hour of need. When he throws his crown on the ground, right? Yeah, he's like, oh my God. And he gives it to Ordreth of all people. I hate Ordreth. <laughs> <laughs> but I, bum. I do love that he does that because he's like, please don't just give up the crown. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, give it to somebody. Like, there, there are still those in Nargathron that love you. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's kind of that it's it's that um what what Gandalf says to to um oh um for Fair Faramir. Faramir, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, Where he's like, you. yeah, your father still loves you, and he'll realize it in the he'll end. We we literally get. get that with Nargathron here, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. like Nargathron still loves you, and they'll realize it in the end. Yeah. One of his men, they pick it up and they say, "Nah, give it to a, a steward." Like, yeah, you know, uh, you know. To rule in his stead, and you know, sadly, he gives it to Ordreth. <laughs> so he gets ten elves, right? 10. Yeah. So they're back at they're back at the number twelve, right? You've got <laughs> yeah. you, you've got Finrod, Baron, and and twelve elves or ten elves, and they go out and they're they're able to first you know kill a bunch of orcs. They take their armor. And unlike Sam and Frodo, they're able to disguise themselves a little bit better, right? And uh, Finrod's magic, he actually makes them look like orcs. Right, exactly. He changes their their physical appearance. Appearance, yes. Right? But he doesn't know about the protocols that orcs are supposed to follow, Exactly. So he (laughs) didn't read up on... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Surprising. I mean, in this this time... You gotta be. You gotta be. Right. But that that comes from Sauron. Yep. Yep. In his order. So if you even go to Sauron's whole deal, yep. everything has to be ordered. His army is very structured and everything has to get reported. Yep. And, and Morgoth is that way as well because he's told Sauron, hey, this is how you get order. Everybody has to, you know, do this. And and it's just a, a call back to when you think about it. And like you said, when Sauron uh, is Gorgoroth and, and then we have uh, Sam and Frodo going across there and they even when they disguised themselves, they were getting by. What right. happened? It's a checkpoint. Yep. Hey, we got to check this. Let's, yep. Hey, let's, what's going on? Yep, that's exactly. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like, and, and again, this is just one of those moments where we realize, like, this is why Sauron is who he is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We, you know, Carlos and I talked about it in the Sauron episode that you've got Sauron, who is, you know, what we what we would say a lieutenant of Morgoth, and then you've got um, Gothmog, who is also Gothmog. a lieutenant of Go- Morgoth, but Gothmog is the hammer. Yep. Right? Exactly. Like exactly. Like Sau- Gothmog Sauron exactly. is the sca- scalpel. Gothmog yeah. is the the force. Is the yep. is the I'm gonna throw my brute strength out there. Yep. Sauron can, can be that brute strength if he wants to be, but he's also the cunning. He's also the cruelness. He's also the instills the fear. He took Minas Tirith by assault, but because a, a heavy thing of fear fell upon him. So where mm-hmm. God would have came and wrecked shit, yeah. Sauron came and now now this whole thing is fear, is everything has changed. Is it's different. Yep. It's different. Yep. The defenders yeah. friend. Yep. Like it's yeah. a different vibe. 
and and you can uh, overcome brute strength, but you can't. It's hard to overcome fear. Right. No, exactly. And that, and like you said, like, that's what, that's what Sauron puts in. So they're, they, you know, they're cruising by, they think that they're just going to kind of like, we're dressed like orcs. So we're going to sneak by this area. Right. And Sauron's like, what's that, what's that troop down there doing? Cause they're supposed to be over here. They need to yeah. check in. They they're supposed checked. to be checking in. They were, you could, you could use Barador, Minas Tirith, uh, the first Minas Tirith built by Finrod on the Isle of Tolsirian. There was nothing from that tower that Sauron did not spot. Mm-hmm. Nothing could get past him. It yep. just goes back to him being in Barad-dûr and really not too much could escape him. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't even like invisible. it wasn't even really that he was like searching for anything. It was just that idea that like these orcs know exactly what to do. Why aren't they doing it? Why aren't they doing it? Right? Because because I mean, to him, or, or at least the way that I see it, especially these types of orcs, like to him. They're ants that do exactly what he says. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, so if ants somehow break that line, it's like something weird's happening here. Yeah. What's going? What's going on? I need to check it out. So, so it's, it's not a, it's not a whole lot written, right? But it's a whole lot written, yeah. right? Exactly. Like, that speaks volumes. Yeah. So. Yo, for sure. Because we because how often we think that the bad guys are just like brute strength and just plowing through, like. Him putting in just that small thing of Sauron being like, they're not doing what most orcs are or what orcs are supposed to do. Right. Like that, that speaks volumes in who Sauron is is as a commander. Yeah. Um, You look look at the writings on Gothmog. It's it's all fighting. Yes. No nuance whatsoever. Right. Right. Um, And so they get brought to him. Right. They get brought over to Sauron to to be i mean basically he's like where the fuck were you guys going like what's what, like what's going on like why didn't you stop in um and realizes pretty quickly that something's going on right yeah. so he he kind of throws a spell right and then finrod comes back and we get that in, in the lay of luthien a little bit in the in baron and luthien as well but like i love it the most in or uh not lay of luthien the um uh what is it Oh, now it's out of my head. Anyway, um, we just get it really Lay well. Of Lay of Lathian in the in the poem, like the poem form. It's so good, right? And we get that rap battle, and we get we get Sauron like throwing it in, and then and and then Finrod like throwing it back at him, and they're just getting this little like back and forth between things. And once Sauron really kind of figures out what's going on here, he's like, okay, I'm gonna throw these rhymes all the way back to what happened in Valinor. Yeah. To where you were peaceful. You were the ones that were loved. You were this. And then what did you do? You killed your brothers. Right? (laughs) Yep. And and like that, like that broke it. The phone riders. Oh man. Yeah, that it, it even you killed your brothers, but then it resonates so much more because it's Finrod. That yep. is your grandfather. Yep. That's your grandfather in Alcolande. That's not just some random, oh, these these Teleriels. No, that is your people. Yep. Even though he doesn't know that when he's doing this, Finrod knows it. So mm-hmm. it's like, does he second guess himself? Is that like, is that what makes Finrod fall? Right. 
And, and like, I, I believe that I believe it. I believe that that was like that ultimate punch. Yeah. Right. Where, where yeah. he with, it was the with, knockout, right. With how that undercut that yeah. was right to the chin. Right. That, and it was like, yeah. with, with how sad as it is, like, I think that moment in that time, and this again goes to how powerful and smart and cunning and strong and cruel Sauron is, is like, that was the moment that Finrod second guessed himself. Yeah. Right. Which where, he's never done before. Yeah. Where he thought like, like I'm not the best of them. Right. And, and that makes him fall. And now we don't know, like, we don't know because we were told that for the most part, the sons of Finarfin, as far as we know, didn't actually take place uh, in no. the slaughtering. They were right. Yeah, they were, they, they were no, there, the rear guard. but they we're didn't, there. yeah, but they didn't kill anybody. Yeah, right. They didn't kill anybody. They were trying to help defend. But like with this kind of like, hey, guys, stop this type of stuff. Like, yes. You know, and so like, yeah. it, there is still that weight. Right. That guilt is there because yep. their kin were killed. And, and they, they still I'm, left afterward. And they left and they didn't. Their grandfather's probably looking at him like, yo, what the? What the? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, you know? and, and so that, that guilt, that, that weight is still on, is still on Finrod and, and Sauron just presses that right and at that moment that's when it falls and they are stripped naked and even though they're questioned um they never give up what the quest you know, is what the quest is right still does and, and sauron still doesn't know who they who are, they are. who they are right, yeah. right. He doesn't like know doesn't who, even he, know he who Finrod, Finrod is. is. He, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't know, know who Finrod is, but he's like this dude is. A high, he's a high Noldorian elf. Yeah, I mean, if he he's battled high. like that against Sauron, yeah, he's got to know he's something, right? Yeah. He knows that, yeah. Um, and so he throws him in the dungeon, and this is again, this is one of those parts where we talk about like, I mean, in my mind, I only, I mean, if this is in a cinematic form, this is dark, scary brutal violent um i mean nudity like everything right they get thrown into a dungeon completely naked starved and then with his cruelty one by one just every once in a while throws a werewolf in there and says take one right you're watching your every and you every you don't know if it's coming for you next yeah. right and you just gotta you just see eyes in the darkness Yep. So yep. everyone get devoured one by one by one, 10. So it's just like, oh man, that is torture. And we don't even really know how long, right? We don't know how long that they were in, like that we were, that they were in the dungeon. It could have been a few days. It could have been weeks. No, it was definitely longer than that because Melian tells Luthien oh, this. Right. She has to, she has to, get, she has to get there. She has to get there. She has to get there. She gets taken by, um, she, they Keligorm? were there for a long time. Yeah, because she okay. gets taken by uh, Kelgorm and Corfin, and, and then she has to befriend Huan and do all this stuff before she even got there. Yeah, so, so I mean, they were there for long. Like that's where we're at, right? Is yeah. back in Doriath, Luthien gets told this, and, yeah. and and because she's she's in her her tower hut, right? That's mm -hmm. where they they put her. They 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 she, Rapunzel. She, was, yeah, her. she wasn't even there at first, right? When, when she gets told this, she gets told this, and she's about to leave. Darren. Rats on her again. Bingle puts her in the treehouse so she won't go. Right. And he's like, nah, yeah, stay here forever until, yeah. <laughs> until we get this sorted out. 
So she brings in, I love, I love that she's like, I love the things that Luthien is able to do. First of all, like, I, I, I know that like, it's, it, it's a little bit different and I know that this is a, a different story, but like people who don't believe that there are strong female characters <laughs> in Tolkien never read Baron Dude, and like Luthien. In my brain. Yeah. I explain this to people all the time. Yeah. I'm like the strongest characters in Lord of the Rings are the female elves mm-hmm. or the females in general. Like yep. you have Barda, Luthien, Melian, Galadriel. Mm-hmm. The only one arguably stronger in that sense is Feanor because of what he created. Right. But he didn't do anything greater than them. Right. Baron is saved by Luthien four Multiple. times. Multiple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luthien is saved by Baron once. Right. One time. Yep. She saves Baron four times. Yep. And and that's the thing, right? Is like, so this is happening. And so she brings in her power and she grows her hair. Right. And she grows her hair long and she one creates a cloak out of it and two creates a rope. Right. Mm -hmm. And her cloak is basically the magic behind it is it it makes her kind of unseen, but also makes people fall asleep. Fall asleep. Yeah. Right. So it's it it makes them fall asleep and it's her camouflage to move through the forest. Right. So she is able to get away. And she's escaping and she's heading as far as she knows. She's heading towards Baron because she, again, like she's fucking badass. Like she's like, she's like, she's like, I'm going to go by myself. Baron first went to find an army of elves. Now I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to go by myself. Like I'm going to go by myself to go and find him on the island of werewolves. Like that's what (laughs) this place is called now, you know? Yeah. And she's on her way there and she is found by the amazing, badass, best wolfhound that has ever existed, uh, Juan. Right? Juan. And he was a gift from Orome. He was not a creature of Middle Earth. He was a creature of Valinor. Right? He is the Valinor. He is the lead hound that hunted Morgoth's monsters from Orome. So good. I love it. Like his amazing. story is amazing. Um, and he now belongs to Kelligron, right? Kelligron. And he's very, very faithful to him, yeah. right? He, he loves his master, um, but just like everybody else, he sees Luthien and he's, he's, he's stricken. Stricken. Falls in love, right? Immediately, Immediately falls in love. And he, trying to be the helpful, amazing wolfhound that he is, says, here, let me take you to my noble master, this, this wonderful man. Um, and he brings them. And again, as soon as she reveals herself to Kelgorm, he also is smitten. Enamored immediately. And just starts pulled. conniving. Yep. Yep. And, and that's it's, the thing. Like, that's the difference, right? That's the yeah. difference between he gives us, like you were saying, he gives us so much in these stories. He also gives us a little bit of the difference between love and lust. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Baron loved Luthien. He knew the importance of her and what she was and who she was. And multiple times made it clear that he did not want to steal her away. He wanted to be with her. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kelgorm, no, it's lust. I want her for me. She's I want her for mind. me and I want her for the power that she'll be able to give me. Right. Because by uniting the elf single. kingdom 
I'll be able to be higher than even my brother Mathros. Yep. Yep. And, and so he starts scheming and it's, it's all about politics and lust and what she can do for him and everything else. And he's basically like Baron and Finrod are dead. There is no way they're still alive. Right. There's no way. So I'm going to bring it back to Nargothron and I'm essentially like, I don't know what he's thinking here. I'm basically going to send a ransom letter to Thingol, right? <laughs> so, like he does. He said he, like, that's, pl- that's his plan. He, that's yeah. his plan. I am going to force Thingol. It's like, how is this a good daughter. idea, dude? <laughs> they, they were just, even though Thingol hates my family. Right. Like, Thingol's- I think that those two were pure evil. Yeah. Whereas you can argue Maethros and Maglor. Mm-hmm. It was really the curse of yes. the oath. Yes. Because you saw moments of really goodness in them. And it's so, th- those are very two interesting characters. Yep. Whereas Kellogg Corfin is like, man, you're just, you're just jerks. Yeah, but this is awful. I see the struggle. Even though they do the worst shit, yep. the struggle's there. So you see it like, I know they're not just doing this because they really are caught up in this oath. Whereas these two are like, it's conniving, sneaky. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Every time, every time, um, you know, Maglor and Madros do something bad, it's usually one of these things where right after they're just like, fuck. Well, you know what yeah, I mean? They, like, there's well, like, what's made like Madros going back, you know, when they first arrive and Madros is, is hanging by the cliffside, <laughs> hanging by the cliffside. He realizes, you know, uh, you know he, that he was rescued. Right. And gives up his, 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 you know, crown essentially, you know, being the line of, the high king of the Noldor in exile. And so, like, you you do see that, right? You do see that Madros at least has a conscience, conscience, yeah. right? The conscience, Where, he, he does that. He gives the horses and recompense for yep. them. Literally, that's where Shadowfax comes from that line. Oh, we've had so, a whole discussion about that. <laughs> that's, what start, so, that's what started the like podcast. Different things <laughs> that he does. Maglor, he take Elrond and Elros. Right. And, they take which is, them which is a shitty move, but people. right. But he <laughs> ends up becoming, he ends up loving them, and he actually is a great father figure to them. And it's yes. like ah, ah, but it's like oh. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. Like these guys, somehow, Kelgor and Kurfin got the ultimate worst parts of their father. Of, of their father, yeah, they're yeah. unredeemable. Yes, yeah. they they really really are. I mean, I I see that they are. I mean, we understand that they're all they because they all took the oath. They all fa- fall under that curse, right? Mm-hmm. But all like, but like Kelgorm and Kurifin, I can only imagine are you know they're held in in um, the halls of Mandos. I mean, until I think, the yeah, end. I think they're they're and the same with Pano. Where yep. right. Pano's not getting released. No, he Kel- doesn't get to on the line with them. Yeah, he doesn't get mm-hmm. to. He is not currently walking. In Valinor, he is still <laughs> yeah. stuck in the halls of Mandos, right? Yeah. And, and and like, and, it, and that's his fate. Yeah. And and it says Huan felt that evil had come to Nargothron. Yep. So he said he sensed it. Yep, he so did. He like this, these dudes changed, or, or you know. And and that's the thing is, and and that's again like Thingol basically started the the doom of the Silmarils all over again, right? It was always there. It was never going away, but this mission started it again. 
it, yeah. it, it revamped everything, right? Because because Morgoth has been chilling with those Silmarils on his crown for a while, right? Yeah. Like, and 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 nobody's really been doing anything, but this this started it, and man, like the dominoes were falling fast. Oh, super. Oh man, everything. Oh. And and so Huon sees this, right? And so it, it it's it's great because Huon does love Luthien and he spends night after night after night um at the door of her cell, right? And she is she's telling him about Baron, she's telling him about the stories of their time together and his love for animals, right? And and how the the he is loved by all animals. Um and and all of this and and, and she's really hyping Baron up, right? Yeah. Like like yeah, I know he's I just a human. Yeah, like like and and Huan is yeah, he really is. He's like, okay, like he he realizes the love that Baron has and thinks like he matches the love that I hold for Luthien. Yeah. Right. And a, a, another fun thing is Huan is given by the Valar three times that he's allowed to talk in his yes. lifetime. Right. And the great thing about this, this this hound has lived for thousands upon thousands of years. And all three of the times that he decides to talk are to Luthien. Yeah. Like, can we, like, there's so much in this story that we have to understand, like how much of a driving force, how much of a beauty, how much of a warrior, how much all of this Luthien really is. Like Luthien is such a badass in these times. Right. I, tr- I try to explain that, man. I so said he's bad females. Luthien yeah. is a is a force. I mean, she's like, technically. I know they say Feanor is the most powerful elf, but technically, Luthien is the most powerful elf. Right. Luthien like, is most powerful than Feanor, than Galadriel. Like she puts down Morgoth, which is something that we'll get to <laughs> later because we've been talking for a really yeah. long time, right? But, um, <laughs> but we're we're at this point now where Huon talks to her and basically they derive a plan of escape right and so they escape and huan i actually really love the way that this is described by tolkien again because it shows what he is and who he's from is it says huan humbles himself and allows luthien to ride him like the orcs do on giant wolves yeah. Right. Like he's he's giving us a picture of how and I don't mean this in kind of the way that we use it nowadays, but the real actual root term of the word, how humiliating it is for Huan to do this. Right. Yeah. He is massively humbled. I would say even more so more so than like Thrandor or the Eagles, because yeah. the Eagles, yes, they were still created kind of you know, they're, they're middle earth creations. This dog is the hound of Valinor. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's, like he's different. He, he, he is let different. Ride him. No, no, there's no, no way. No. Luthien could not put two on to sleep. If she tried, no, no spell could stay him. He didn't need to, to eat or sleep. He, nothing could escape him. He is stronger than he is stronger than, pretty much everyone there he yep. can't even die by anything there nope. except one thing yep. so who are you to even though i'm your hound remember 
if I choose to, I could be whatever I want. Yes. Basically. Yeah. You know, and, not anything. He's still a hound, but he can he can just be free if he chose to. And and so, how much how much respect does that show that he has for Kelligorm to stay with him as long exactly, as long as he yeah. did, right? Exactly. And then and then how much how much more love does it show that he has for Luthien? How much more to love break and then that. to break that. Yeah. Because yeah. Ben, he got cursed. He got caught up in the curse of Mandos because he stayed with Kelligorm and was true. Hey, yep. this is who I was given to. This is who I'm going to be faithful to. I'm cursed and now my life is forfeit at some point because of this. Mm -hmm. And I know this and I'm okay with this and I'm going to still be with my master. But Luthien, something about you, I love you so much and, and you're this such good in you and such you know, drive and determination to do what you need to do. I'm going to break this. Even, yep. even though this still happened for at my own course of my own life and I didn't break it, I'm going to break it now. And I'm going to even humble myself still further and allow you to ride me like a steed, which I'm nobody's steed. I'm the, right. the, I'm the top I'm of the Huan. top. Yeah. I'm Huan. Yeah. And, she, <laughs> and he does it. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And and so this is this is about where we're going to wrap up, right? Because they're they're on their way there, um, and uh, on this during this time is the same time that we are down to Finrod and Baron, right? Yeah, they are the last two, and I can like again in my mind I can only imagine this dark, Trauma. dank. This disgusting trauma. yeah sell the trauma that they've gone through the eyes that are always staring at them in the darkness and just naked cold hungry and almost alone right they they're down to two people and sauron Can we says the emotional trauma sorry oh to cut God. you off no you're of, you're literally in your own tower you built right you built yeah Rod built that. That's it. That's like somebody coming into your house, kidnapping you and locking you up and you're in your own house. You built this house and then you're in your own house and you're a prisoner and somebody's killing all your friends and you, you're waiting to last and you're in your own thing. Yep. yep. It's yep. crazy. Yeah. And, and, and like, it's, it's so sad what is happening here. Right. And it's so, it's terrifying. Again, we see that like the, the absolute cruelty and evil of Sauron in this time. And so he, which I mean, okay, I'm skipping ahead really quick, but like this type of stuff gives me a little bit of an understanding of when, like when he was given the chance to go back and face judgment, right. Towards like, like yeah. at the, he's like <laughs> yeah. he's like i know what i did you know what i mean you know like he's like he's like i like i don't even think you guys know everything that i did i know what i did you know and yeah. like that's a terrifying thing for a person especially somebody like that yeah right they call him the cruel yeah Literally the Sindar, he call him gorthour the cruel right right the abominable dread they just call Morgoth. his name just means the dark enemy Right. Sauron's right. name they give him means the abominable dread. <laughs> Sauron itself means the abhorred. Yes. They hate this guy. Yeah. His name is worse than than Morgoth's name. And if you go to the two towers or the fellowship and, and they're they're like, what does the S mean? Oh, it means Sauron. They talk no, 
first of all, Sauron doesn't allow anybody to speak his name and nor for it to be route, um, written. And the right. reason is because the elves, that's a mockery of Sauron's real name. It's not his real name. His real name is Myron, which means the right. admirable. That's his real name. Yep. They call you that because they hate you that much. Yep. You're that much of a goon. They changed your name to the abhorred, the abominable dread. That is crazy. Yeah. They just call Morgoth the dark enemy. They don't call him <laughs> Morgoth's name. Yeah. You know oh, yeah. I mean? yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing is all in all, like, like, really when it comes down to it when when like they they want to get back at morgoth they're scared as shit of sauron yeah right like i mean that's really a lot of what it comes down and and that just shows how terrifying he is so sauron finally says all right go kill the human we've got one guy left yeah. right he's got to know he's the strongest yes right and so yeah. He goes down, werewolf goes down to kill the human. Finrod knows that he's going after Baron. So Finrod musters all of the strength of, of being a Noldor elf, of coming from Valinor, of, you know, just being exactly who he is. Who he is. Breaks his chains. This is probably at this point an emaciated Finrod, right? <laughs> exactly. Breaks his chains and kills, like, destroys tears apart a werewolf with his bare hands and teeth i i can imagine the bare hands i don't know what he's doing with his teeth but that scares me a little bit <laughs> and he literally had to be getting bitten at the same time right right he dies in the process yeah so he's probably like got his breast bitten his whole chest bitten yeah but he's fighting at the neck i'm this is me imagining He's biting at the neck of this werewolf somewhere, a vital point to where he can kill it. And it's like clawing it and whatever he can. And he kills the werewolf and he dies as well. But him doing this with his bare hands. And as you said, he had to be emaciated. He had to be atrophied. He couldn't, his muscles couldn't hardly work. He, they were right. malnutritioned. Sauron wasn't giving him three squares. There's no, no, way. no. I mean, we <laughs> talked about that, right? Like, like, Sauron stripped them naked after their rap battle. He didn't give them clothes again. Yeah. He wasn't treating them well. You know what I mean? Like they were, they were in a horrible state. And yet he was still able to, again, fulfill his oath. Right? This was all about fulfilling his oath. He kept his word. He was able to break his chains and kill this werewolf. And as he's doing this, man, if like their timing, if their timing was just a little bit better, you know, <laughs> basically as he's doing this, um, Luthien and Huan show up. They arrive like right after like, oh, man. and and Luthien sings a song. Right. Yeah. Um, and Baron in his distress, in his his pain that he's in, in everything that's happening to him, basically thinks he's imagining it. Like, like, it's essentially like I'm dying. I'm imagining this song, but I'm going to sing out to it. Yeah. Right. And he does. And he sings out and Luthien hears him, but he really doesn't pay attention to anything else that happens because he collapses over Finrod because he's just so sad. I do love so much, though, that Finrod makes sure it at this time that like. Baron knows like. I fulfilled my oath and I get to go be with my father. Yeah. 
you know, like I, I will get to go to the halls of Mandos and I will walk with my father in Valinor again. And Tolkien gives us that. I love that Tolkien gives us that. Like, I, I love that he tells us. Like, I tear up when I read that every time. Is that, yeah. I've read it a million times. And yep. You, you, Finra walks with his father under the trees uh, of El- I'm like, oh man, that's so great. Man. It's so good. Because he, he doesn't, back. you know, Tolkien doesn't always give us that. He doesn't always yeah. give us the end of things like that, but he gives us that just to, like that tiny little bright spot. If right? anybody deserves to come back, it's him. Because oh, I, I absolutely. Think- I think to the third age and I'm like, oh man, Galadriel, some of your motivation got to be that he killed your brother. Right. But is, is there solace in knowing Finrod's back or is he back at that point or is it later? But, right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's, that's one of the beautiful things that we, we don't know is this idea of like how long they serve in the halls of Mandos and when is it that they get to go, go out and just be in Valinor again and all of that stuff. But we know that by our our living of the fourth age in the writing of this the, this book, because Carlos says all the time, because we know it's real, right? This yeah. is history, right? <laughs> <laughs> we and we understand that it's fantasy, but like you know, we get to we get to have that. We get to have that solace that he walks under the trees of Valinor's with his father, and that's that's beautiful. I Who love. Was also one of the greatest, he's, right? He's one that goes back like that family, that line. Something, something except for Ordra. Right. <laughs> Yo, I hate him. He's a bum. He's a bum, man. Um, and so I, I feel like that's kind of where we're going to wrap this up. Um, if you want to finish up this story with us the next time that we do it, we would love to have you back on. Um, but it's really oh, man, I would just depends on love the- it, man. I've had, I've had a ball, man. Talking awesome. to you guys about it, man. It's, it's been it's been an honor and a yeah, pleasure. Is- man. So thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. Um, I am I'm absolutely honored and um, I, I'm very appreciative. And you guys are are uber knowledgeable and um it's it's refreshing to see and um yeah i appreciate you guys yeah uh i mean i i think that i i look for for my for myself yeah this has been fantastic this has been talking with i know enough right but like talking to someone who is a lore master about this just like uh, as you are um has been appreciate. has been great man like it's it's, it's you guys are no slouches, man. <laughs> well, thank you. Credit, man. Yeah, yeah. You guys know what you're talking about. And, yeah. and that's why when, um, you know, we, we talked about doing this and I said, OK, let me go check this out, because, you know, not not that you have to be a lore master for me to talk to you. Who am I? Right. But, you know, I, I want you to know what you're talking about, yep. not just to be like a casual fan, because then it's like, well, what are we going to really talk about? Am I going to yeah. be in it rambling about stuff you don't know about? Right. You guys were very well spoken and you were deep in the lore. So I was like, oh, they know what they're oh immediately I I, I, I yeah, wrote back, you, yeah, let's yeah, do you, it. You, you responded pretty quickly. Yeah, because I, I was that was great. And I was like, oh, they know exactly what's going I got, on. I gotta tell you, when I got when I when I woke up when I woke up that morning and I got that message back, I was so excited. I called Chris <laughs> right away. I don't talk to Chris on the phone. We don't we don't Chris, talk on the phone. We don't talk on the phone. <laughs> like the only time we talk is on this podcast and I text him usually. I called him as soon as I got that I'm like we got new beta. <laughs> and I'm, like <laughs> it, it, it's been so great and so refreshing because you know we've talked about it a lot that we like we we know that the the people that listen to us they have our same sense of humor and they see this the same way but man it is so nice to talk to somebody else that knows as much as you do because I mean I, w- I was the same way like I was I, I told a little bit to Carlos but really to my, like my partner Ariel I was like 
I'm a little terrified. Like this guy knows his shit. Like really, <laughs> really knows his shit. And and um, but like it's been so good. And I yeah. feel like it's it's flowed so well to have you on as a guest. Yeah. And I I really want to have you on for the next part of this history so that we can wrap up together yeah yeah like Thank wrap so up much. this like, it, five year yeah. span of just insanity in middle earth together <laughs> yeah. let's do it I'm, I'm with it man i'm with it I'm, I'm super excited i was just as excited when i when i saw that you guys really you know you you guys had a, a platform that was like awesome because i, I like the conversations that i saw and i was like oh wow these guys really got their stuff going in your formats really well Thank you know you. what i'm saying you know, also I, I love talking to people i'm not gonna lie I love talking to people in person because a lot of people think that I Google stuff and I'm like, oh, I Google this and I just say it. No, I know what I'm talking about. Right. This is more, yeah. <laughs> right. Because I I really this is something that's really a passion and I love. And, you know, to get to, you know, for you to see, hey, this this gentleman really knows what he's talking about. He's not just researching this stuff and then saying it. It, it wouldn't hit the same uh right. we had so many connections just in telling the story that we've had the same thoughts and processes of dealing with ideas that Tolkien had or that we had of the interpretations of the story that is insane because you're like laughing at stuff that i'm like i thought i was the only one that thought that was funny <laughs> you know so yeah. i i appreciate that and i just can't thank you guys enough so thank you again man and just giving me an outlet to just talk about this stuff is I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, well, do you want to give, do you want to give everybody kind of your socials and everything again um, so that we can put it in the end and then we'll wrap yeah, it up. Guys, and uh, if you want to, you want to follow new, better, do better. Uh, just it's new, better, do better. Uh, you know, uh, new and then better with a, 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 a instead of the ER. So um, all one word, new, better, do better. Uh, both betters is B E T T A <laughs> all one word on TikTok. That's my main social that I do. Um, I also upload to YouTube, New Better Do Better also there. Um, then, you know, you can literally find me in my TikTok. I have a link tree to where all my other socials are there. Also, I encourage you guys get some New Better Do Better merch. Um, yeah. People like, you know, I got hoodies, uh, t-shirts, things like that um, with the New Better Do Better, Better insignia and I'm going to be making more merch. Uh, people have been real supportive of it. So um, thank you so much. I also have a Patreon where it has like interviews and podcasts and things that I've done with other people where you can get those stuff where I don't put it on TikTok because of the three minute format. Um, also, I have a Twitch where I do some gaming once in a blue moon and I'm going to be expanding my stuff. So yeah, just follow me on all my socials. Like I said, it's easier to just go on my TikTok and then click the link tree uh, in my bio and then you'll get all my other socials. So please follow me there, Instagram, all of them. I'm on, awesome. I'm on it and, and I will definitely be back, guys. I'll definitely be back. You just let me know when and I'm here. Love it. That's Love great. It. Um, I'll I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes. Um, yeah. The new better, do better. We'll put it on there. We'll we'll put it out there. Um, guys, follow us on Instagram at the underscore swole hear Um, If you're watching us on YouTube, um, you know, that's where you are. We're also on Spotify, um, iTunes, all of that. And, uh, you know, we've got hit us up on our Patreon as well. Um, our show notes and some of this, this, this show is going to come out early for any of you patrons. So, um, hope you love it. Uh, I'm super excited to have you back on for the finishing of telling this, this history. Um, honestly, with how like nervous I was about this, I am just, I'm glad that everything flowed and you were able to add so much. Yeah. Um, and I love it. 
I love it. It's been great. Yeah. Uh, you got, you got, you got, you're, you're on to something, man. You're, you're awesome, man. Don't sleep on yourselves, man. You, you're very knowledgeable, man. And that made this whole thing so much better, man. Not that, like I said, I'm not above anybody or anything like that in, in no means, but to talk to somebody as knowledgeable and, you know, you have a, a rapport with the Lord, it's rapport with the Lord. You see how that rhymes? there? I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's refreshing. So. All right. Well, thank you so much, Carlos. You got anything else to finish up with? Bye.